Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast, featuring in-depth conversations with executives, leaders, influencers, and journalists in this dynamic, high-stakes industry. Hosted by Craig Pickett, founder of Northstar Group, the boutique executive search firm for the aerospace industry. You'll learn how top aerospace executives are developing their people, competing for talent, overcoming challenges, and adjusting to industry trends to drive growth and profits. And now, let's join your host, Greg Pickett. So welcome uh, back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Um, Today I've got uh, Will Benton on with me. Will is over in London, and he's the uh, Venture and Ecosystem Director for what is called the ATI Boeing Accelerator. Will, good good afternoon. How are you? Greg. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am well. So, what is the uh, tell us about the ATI Boeing Accelerator? What awesome. uh, what what are you guys up to over there? Yeah, sure. So, um, the ATI Boeing Accelerator is a new um, accelerator program based in London, but open to companies all over the world. Um, and we are um, trying to kind of build and then sustain an ecosystem of early stage companies um, building products either already in aerospace or applicable to the UK aerospace industry. Um, what that means is uh, we're going to be running a three-month or 12-week accelerator program twice a year for the next uh, two years to start with. Um, hopefully, it'll be a much longer-term initiative, but two years for now, um, where we work with um, predominantly software companies who are between seed and series A stage, so quite early, early stage or kind of young companies Um, either kind of brand new startups through to kind of slightly more scale-up type businesses um, and match them alongside um, our corporate sponsors. So for for the the next uh, two programs, as you can probably tell by the name, we have uh, Boeing as one of our corporate sponsors um, and we're working with Boeing's Horizon X Ventures team, which is their global VC fund, um, who are offering up to um, 100,000 um, sterling uh, equity investment into up to 15 companies per cohort. Um, and then by Boeing GKN are providing proof of concept budgets um, to the startups on each program to start developing commercial relationships. So the, the startups get a 12-week program, some investment from Boeing, and then um, hopefully, if all goes well, paid pilots with both sponsors. Um, And off the back of that kind of commercial traction um, that we can help them get over the course of the 12-week program, we'll then help them raise um, investment from our investment network, which is both kind of aerospace and slightly more broader tech investors, Um, again, based in London, but kind of with with an international network. What so you're you know you, the companies that are coming to you for investment or that you're looking at now? You, know, you give us an idea. What are they? You said primarily software. Yeah. What do these guys look like? I mean, are they you know thirty people, fifty people? Are they you know they they um, you know absolute startups? Have they got some proven technology they're building upon? Great question. So um, we're as I said, it's it's. Um, C to Series A stage. So for for anyone that doesn't know the kind of the tech speak, that's um the initial idea that's been kind of spun out into a a commercial entity so there's actually a business structure around it um and that can be the kind of the original founder or the person with the idea all the way through to the kind of the first big venture capital investment round and generally companies at that size are kind of 10 to 20 people so our kind of sweet spot with the program um 
looks like from the kind of the companies that we've had apply so far, um, companies who have raised in the region of one to three million sterling or US dollars. Um, and that team size is anything from kind of five to 15 people. Um, and the, the reason that we're kind of focusing on software initially is because to accelerate a hardware business or a company making actually making a physical product, whether that's a, a jet engine or anything else applicable to aerospace, um, doing anything meaningful in 12 weeks is a bit of a challenge. Um, whereas being able to really make a difference to a software business over the course of 12 weeks isn't actually too complicated given the resources that we have. So to kind of give you an idea of some of the types of companies that we're looking for, the program themes for the first program starting in January next year are Industry 4.0 and Sustainability. But within those two themes, we have uh, kind of 10 or 12 sectors that we're looking for. Um, and they range from workforce training and safety. So that could be a new augmented or virtual reality product to help train um, the engineers um, designing a, an airplane or actually the people on the ground who are actually building the airplane once it's got to the kind of the manufacturing um, shop floor. Um, or it could be something kind of novel or innovative around training pilots, um, which is uh, kind of a bit more of an exciting closer to aviation application. Um, we're also looking at companies who are doing a, a lot of interesting things um, around the supply chain. So um, Boeing, I was um, kind of interested to learn when I started working on the program, are actually the biggest manufacturing business in the world. So they have huge supply chains all over the, the kind of the US, but also kind of internationally, um, where they're trying to do things as simple, and it sounds really simple, but actually in practice, it's very complicated. They're, they're trying to keep, keep um, track of a kind of a bolt that ends up in an air, airplane wing, for example. Sure. Um, and tracking that from where the metal is mined through to the bolt being produced and then ending up in an airplane is a very complex process involving multiple locations, multiple languages, multiple stakeholders in that process. So to make sure that that bolt that ends up in the airplane is the bolt that was produced to end up in that airplane is quite complicated. So there's been a lot of kind of supply chain blockchain type applications um, and actually creating meaningful um, kind of real, real world uh, businesses out of blockchain, which is uh, nice to see that that's finally happening. Um, and then al also because um, definitely in the UK and also to some extent kind of outside of the UK and more internationally, we don't have much of an early stage um, aerospace ecosystem on the startup side. So we're also trying to bring in expertise and innovation from other industries and other sectors. So we've had lots of really um, exciting companies coming in from um, manufacturing-based uh, kind of industries like automotive, for example. Mm -hmm. So lots of interesting stuff, um, again, kind of around manufacturing or, or um, warehousing and logistics and that sort of thing. Um, so go on. the... Um you know, so the, the virtual, the virtual reality, augmented reality, I've, I've talked to a bunch of people over the last couple of years, and that is, that's really taken traction. You know, I've, you know, from, uh, I've, yeah, I've talked to just MROs who were like, you know, we, we want to do some, you know, VR or AR to give our mechanics, uh, you know, a good idea of what this repair is going to look like before we open up an airplane. Yeah. Um, you know, things along those lines. We've talked to multiple people on blockchain and, you know, everybody's really looking at blockchain. Like you said, you're just tracking, uh, 
you know, from where the metal's cut to where the bolt goes into the airplane and then traceability yeah. uh, throughout the, you know, bogus parts is a big issue, things like that. What's got Boeing really, you know, if, you're, if Boeing's your big client now, what, you know, where are they really, what are they really excited about? They, they've, they've been investing in uh, uh, multiple startup companies yeah. here in the U.S. on the software side. What's got them really excited right now? Well, so uh, kind of going back to the point about them being the biggest manufacturing business globally, a lot of the supply chain um, applications that we've had have been very interesting because um, even making a small change that can be replicated across a, a, global, a global supply chain actually ends up making quite a big impact, whether that's economically or sustainably or any other kind of positive benefits. Um, but I think that the really interesting thing to see from um, definitely from Boeing's side and to some extent also from GKN is that we're seeing a company as big as, as Boeing and, and GKN getting involved as, as kind of early as you can from a, a established business point of view in the kind of the cutting and bleeding edge of innovation. Um, and it's been really nice to see the appetite on both of their kind of sides to really get involved in these early stage businesses and help optimize what the businesses are doing um, both kind of just from a good of the ecosystem point of view and obviously also from a, a kind of a Boeing or GKN point of view. Um, so again, the kind of the software point, it's a bit easier to plug a, a software business into a, a, a company as big as, as Boeing. So a lot of the interest mm -hmm. has been around the, the pure kind of software applications, whether that's like we were saying, tracking that bolt from being cut through to ending up in the wing. Um, also more on the kind of the, the workforce kind of training and safety. So anything to make their workforce wherever it is in the world um, safer and also um, enable to train them in a kind of more technologically enabled way, whether that's um, helping them reduce expenditure um, or cut down on using paper. So it's, it's a hugely kind of broad um, area of interest, which, is, which has been really nice to see. Yeah, you know the the Boeing supply chain, or you know the the Boeing supply chain, or GE, or any of the big aerospace manufacturers. There, it it it's almost you know it it makes you dizzy to think about supplier quality. Yeah, all the issues that they inventory management, supplier quality, um, aftermarket. It it's it's it just makes me dizzy to think about it. Now, you know, if this is a big push with Boeing and GKN, are they bringing, you know, these software companies, are they bringing in Oracle and SAP and some of the other supply chain management companies? Are these bolt-ons to some of the bigger supply chain management ERP yeah, companies? I think, are, they, so, are they revolutionary? Are they evolutionary? What, uh, what are you seeing? I mean, I, th I, think, I think from a, a slightly selfish point of view, we want to be kind of um, evolutionary and revolutionary. Um, but working with kind of real cutting edge innovation, it's, it's probably a little bit early to tell to see where that sits on that scale. Um, but as I was saying earlier, in terms of wanting this to be a bit more of a, a bigger play for the good of the aerospace ecosystem, I think we're, we're really excited um, that Boeing and GKN Aerospace are kind of our, our inaugural corporate sponsors, but we're, we're really keen to kind of expand that network and that group to bring in any, any kind of established business, either within aerospace or outside, who see the value in working with companies developing that next wave of innovation. So we've been having lots of kind of interesting conversations with established businesses in oil and gas, and as I said earlier, kind of automotive. So 
these might be kind of explicitly aerospace businesses for now, but because they're they're kind of based on tech and they're building things applicable to the aerospace supply chain. Actually, if you look at it from a, a transferable point of view, an aerospace aerospace supply chain business actually without too much tweaking is very interesting to oil and gas or automotive. So there's oh, quite sure. a lot of cross pollination, um, which will hopefully mean that we can really kind of develop this innovation for aerospace, but then help those early stage companies expand out into other sectors as well. How'd you get involved? How, how'd you get involved in all this? What's your background that uh, they, they, they got, you, you know, got you involved with all these fellows? Yeah, so um, I've been running or designing and delivering um, technology accelerator programs um, across the UK for the last three or so years. Um, I was uh, a program director at a seed stage, so early stage technology startup accelerator called Ignite. Um, and uh, Gabby, who's the program director on the ATI Boeing Accelerator, um, was also a program director at Ignite. So we've got um, program experience, um, and Ignite's been delivering programs around the country uh, for the best part of a decade. We launched our first program in, in 2011. Um, but also both Gabby and I have um, startup experience as well. So we've both been through um, accelerator programs. Um, Gabby liked it so much, she actually did two. Um, and then we both run our own startups. Um, I, I went through an accelerator program in 2014 and then ran my software business for three and a half years and then joined um, the Ignite program team in 2017 as that business was being acquired. So I think from from our point of view, we've got the kind of the operational experience on the startup side, and then we've got the the program experience, which which really brings a, an interesting um, both mindset and a point of view to look at how we design programs for the companies that we bring onto the program, but also how we then help um, the corporate sponsors and the other companies that we work with on the other side of the table to really kind of benefit and access the most value from this sort of thing. What are the uh technologies that really excite you right now what's you know what's coming out now that you think you know blockchain everybody talks about blockchain yeah um you know what's what's really you know cutting edge um pilot issues everybody's talking about you know pilot shortages throughout the world i yeah. i'm assuming that ai is going to be coming to the cockpit within the next decade 15 years certainly in the next generation of aircraft maybe yeah uh, AI AI replaces a co-pilot on shorter so, stage. So air, I think air, air I think you, you kind of touched on it there. I think we're we're starting to see because the technologies are now kind of established enough or developed enough that things like AI and augmented or virtual reality are starting to actually step up and, and play an important part. Um, I think as you've just touched on, we're still. Um, it's, it's not a huge amount of time in kind of uh, an aeroplane design cycle, but we're still quite a way away from on the consumer side, that being something that someone's kind of conscious of, of having a, an AI-based co-pilot rather than two co-pilots in the cockpit. But I think the most exciting thing I've kind of seen as we've been kind of scouting for companies for this first program is the the maturity of some of these slightly more um, novel innovations, whether that is blockchain or AI or VR or AR, where you're actually starting to see applications that legitimately can work in the real world in a such a regulated industry like a aerospace, which means that as that kind of trickles through to less regulated um, kind of sectors, we're going to start to see, uh, again, an uptick in that kind of technology being used. 
So I think the the AI in the aeroplane, we're still kind of working through that being as good as it can be and also being as safe as it can be to actually replace that co-pilot. And I don't think we're we're in a position where that is short or midterm kind of viable or of interest. It's about making the co-pilot and the pilot's jobs easier. Um, likewise with kind of augmented and virtual reality, helping train people in a kind of a safer and more efficient environment and then also helping them once they are trained do their job in a better way or a more informed way. So a lot of the kind of the MRO type applications we've seen with AR or VR has been about making the engineers working on planes um, from an MRO point of view able to do um, better jobs, for example. And I think it's, it's about increasing the efficiency, but also optimizing kind of processes and workflow. And, and that doesn't necessarily sound kind of particularly sexy, but that's actually where the real value is to a company like Boeing is being able to do that and then deliver real value both for their workforce and then kind of ultimately for the bottom line. I was talking to a company and they're trying to create a pilotless eVTOL, yeah. which will take the masses everywhere. And I'm like, you know, you know good luck with that. Um, look, the technology can be there all day long, but yeah. if the communities and the regulators aren't willing to accept it, um, it's, you know, it's worthless technology. Are your incubator companies, are they working alongside? Are they, are they, you know, as, as, as y'all are talking to them and, and the Boeing GKN guys are talking to them, are they talking about how their, you know, software or their, their tech will fit into that regulatory sphere? And you know, and, and regulators will be very comfortable in, in in adopting it. Yeah, so I think where where the companies that we kind of bring in on the startup side need to fit in with the regulatory frameworks, um, we're looking to bring that part of the industry in as early as possible. So as I was kind of saying earlier, bringing in a company like Boeing and GKN in to this early stage from a kind of a startup point of view. Where, where we need to on the regulatory side of things, obviously, we would want to do that too because it's, it's better for everyone. Um, and again, from kind of Boeing and GKN's point of view, um, working with the startups to make sure that everything's been done in the right way, it's not rushed, um, and everything kind of abides by the necessary kind of rules and regulations. But I think as a whole, from the kind of the ecosystem point of view, we are seeing companies trying to develop products that help the industry move forward together um, and and kind of doing that with the kind of the regulatory frameworks and, and stakeholders very much front of mind. And I think from our kind of point of view from the program, um, we'd really like to see some of the more kind of established regulatory players kind of get involved and, and work with the program and work with the teams to help them develop their products um, with the, the kind of the regulatory bodies involved. So that's that's obviously not going to happen short term because it's it's quite a slow moving sector, but the the more kind of involved we can have everyone, the the better it is for kind of everyone. So of, a, of the the companies that you've been, you know, the companies that are applying to your program that are, that are vetting that are vetting the companies you've seen over the last six twelve months, is there any one or two that's got you really really excited? <laughs> um, yeah, can you well, say. I, I think that the kind of the top line response to that is we've we've had applications for this program open for six weeks. Okay. Um, we've had applications from over forty five countries globally, um, and they've they've been kind of 
brand new ideas all the way through to companies that have raised kind of tens of millions of dollars. So there's a huge variance in in that kind of pool of of startup ideas and, and experience. But there is a, a real clear kind of demonstration that there is kind of such incredible innovation happening. Um, it's just a case of building that support structure so that they can come out and kind of shout about themselves. Um, we have had some utterly incredible companies come across the desk in the last six weeks. Um, we're, we're in the process of actually kind of down selecting from the, the applications we've had for the companies that we're going to be interviewing um, next Thursday, actually, so a week today. Um, so I think as and when we kind of circle back and have another conversation, I can tell you the most exciting companies that we found that we'll be working with. Um, but I, I don't want to jinx it just yet. So watch this space. Yeah, no. I, so I'm going to switch total gears here because I'm a jerk and I, and I need to. <laughs> um, you know, let's talk big company, big company, small company, and innovator entrepreneur. And yep. now we're going we're gonna to shift it totally to... I'm an innovator and I'm an entrepreneur and I've got this series stage company that's getting investment yeah. and a big company like Boeing or Lockheed Martin or GKN with the big company mentality comes down and they invest in me and then they want to, you know, how does little guy, you know, continue to develop entrepreneurial entrepreneurially without getting stifled by the big company yeah and how does the big company allow the guy to you know invent and innovate without letting you know look it, it's it, it neither one is right neither one is yeah. wrong it's just a difference in cultures yeah how do you keep the cultures from clashing that's that's a really good question so um we, we don't uh, open the doors for the first program until third week of January next year. So outside of kind of working with the, the startup ecosystem to build our first cohort, we've actually been working very closely with um, the companies on the kind of the more established side to get them kind of a bit more startup focused and startup ready. So as you, as you kind of touched on the, the established kind of company mindset and workflow is very different to what you get with a one or two um, kind of individual team on the startup side. So getting our kind of program teams at Boeing and GK and Aerospace ready um, and kind of understanding the way that startups work has been a kind of a core focus of ours. Um, but also, as you kind of say, it's, it's the same the other way around. So getting a company ready to work with a company as big as Boeing, for example, or um, so I think it's, it's, it's a case of having everyone's expectations kind of aligned with what's um, of interest and what's actually possible. Um, and so the startups coming in, one of the things that we're, we're looking to do is to match the startup with one of our sponsors for a, a proof of concept. Um, and obviously, we've only got a 12-week program. So doing, doing all of that in 12 weeks is very difficult. But to mitigate... Um, some of that difficulty we're, we're starting to define down to the actual individual who would be kind of signing off on the proof of concept, the representatives at the various kind of companies um, as the application comes in. So um, by the time the, the startup comes into the program in um, January, we've already identified who would be leading the proof of concept with Boeing or with GKN so that we can put that person in the room with the startup team from day one. So they've then actually got 12 weeks to have that kind of discussion and build that relationship 
rather than having to start from zero and having to identify that individual within the kind of the sponsor business as the startup comes into the room. Okay. But also I think in terms of helping the startups continue to innovate at startup pace, um, as, as an investor, the whole point of investing in, in a business um, is to support that business and provide that, that business with your experience and with your resource. And if, if you're not doing that in a useful or kind of time sensitive way, then you're not necessarily adding the value that you otherwise could be. So I think from the, the investment side of things, working with the kind of the Boeing investment team and then the startups that they'll be investing into, it's a case of kind of business as usual. So as you said earlier, Boeing have been investing in, in tons of stuff in the US, um, starting to see more um, kind of appetite and experience on that side outside of the US. And this program is going to be a, a big outlet for that. Um, so they're very experienced investors. Um, they've got a good, um, strong network of, of people to bring that kind of value add as well as the, the financial um, benefit. What, so I, what's I think the typical it, Boeing executive that's in this program? Tell me about them. Are they, are they uh, you know, VP caliber? Are they coming out of venture? I mean, look, you know, Boeing is a very, uh, a very cutting edge yeah. company, as is Lockheed Martin, as is GKN. A lot of these guys are really looking at you know, the, you know, new, new future. Tell me more about the, 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 the Boeing executives or the GKN executives. Yeah, sure. Are, so uh, we, we've got on, on the Boeing side, we work um, kind of very closely with the ventures team. So the Horizon X Ventures um, is the global VC fund. Um, and so some of, some of those um, kind of team members are um, kind of investors from the finance world. Um, some of them are actual ex kind of startup operators who've who've done the startup journey and they've either exited their business or they've kind of gone through that up and down. Um, and then through kind of that side of the team, we are then working with very kind of senior members of the various business units. Um, and as I was saying, in terms of identifying the individual um, kind of people within Boeing and GKN that would be providing the proof of concepts, we're also able to kind of bring in again, down to the, the kind of the one-to-one -one basis. Um, people at any level across the two businesses that the startups need or want to kind of see. So we're, we're very lucky in the sense of having the kind of the buy-in from both businesses where they're able to kind of give us access to the right people. Um, a similar sort of story on the GKN side. So we've got um, technologists who've been aerospace engineers and um, mechanical engineers who know the ins and outs of, of kind of designing businesses to fit with the various things that these kind of companies do through to people who are slightly more um, legal experts, IP experts, startup kind of um, backgrounds. So it's, it's as you'd expect with companies with kind of big workforces, it's a very varied group of people. Um, and again, from, from my point of view, having been through programs, I think that's the, the real value that you get from an accelerator program like this is, is such an impressive varied network yeah. of, of individuals and experience it almost sounds like shark tank for uh <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um, hey shark tank, with, does, investors and with investors who kind of know what they're doing does uh now does boeing you know moving forward and does boeing and gkn do they have of of these companies that they decide to invest in and they and they move forward with um, do they have first rights on warrants or acquisitions or are, are they an investor in the, and the, you know, the, 
the entrepreneur the entrepreneur company can you know still shop in yeah, different so, markets to better um, to bigger you know, if there's a better deal out there can they you know can they take that or does Boeing and uh, GKN have first rights? So, so the um, the investment comes from Horizon X Ventures, so it's just a, a Boeing investment, um, and that's structured as an uncapped safe note. So, a safe note is an investment document um, first kind of uh, popularized by Y Combinator, which is one of the um, world's most famous startup incubators, um, and it's a very simple um, kind of investment agreement whereby an investor commits a certain amount of money to a business. Um, on the under, understanding that as and when the business then goes away and raises its next priced investment round, the money that the investor gives the company then converts into a shareholding. Okay. Um, so ours is a 100,000 sterling um, uncapped safe note. So that means that there's no uh, valuation cap on when the company goes and raises its next round. So um, if a company was to be um, a very a kind of uh, successful next uh, Uber type business and goes away and raises a hundred million valuation. There's nothing in the document to stop that happening. Um, the a hundred thousand sterling from Boeing simply converts at that share price. The benefit to the investor um, to giving the, the money to the company now is that there's a discount on that share price. So it's, it's a 20% discount on the share price of the next price round. So if I go and raise my next round at 10 pounds um, a share, um, Boeing, uh, because they've given me that money ahead of me going and raising that round, would get 20% off that share price. Um, so it's it's a really simple, nice and clean document. Um, and there's no kind of scary warrants or clauses and there's no anti-competitive measures in there. So it's basically come and join the program. If you want the money, it's here. You don't have to take the money. If you don't want to take the money and you just want to do the program for the network or whatever. Um, and if you do take the network, if you do take the investment, sorry, um, it's a hundred thousand, and then you give us a twenty percent discount when you next raise uh, an investment round. So it's it's a really nice right. and clean document, and um, should mean that for when our companies do go on and raise that next investment round, they're they're able to actually do that in a cleaner and quicker manner because they've got a company like Boeing on the cap table. Yeah, or obviously Boeing's got deep pockets. Boeing, GK, and both have got deep pockets, and they can exactly. continue to invest. They can continue yeah. to invest in the. The companies they want to continue to invest in, or just buy them outright and never move never. from uh, move from there. So yeah. it's awesome. I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's a lot like uh, it's a little bit like the medical industry where you see small companies really developing product, um, you know, investing in it, taking a lot of you know investor money, very cutting edge, and then the bigger you know the bigger companies, you know, they they start to like what they see and then they invest more and more. It's it's a lot of a shared risk. Yeah, it's a lot of a shared risk model. And uh, it's it's really fascinating to to see how how these guys are you know looking for the you know looking to the future. Yeah, and I, I think you, you're not going to get the ecosystem kind of bringing itself up as a whole without everyone working together. So as you say, it's it's really nice to see this happening kind of already before we've even got a, a program up and running where we've got a company like Boeing and GK and um, working with with people who've literally just come up out of a university with a kind of a spin out business based on kind of world first academic research through to companies that are, have raised kind of tens of millions or are, are looking for their next kind of client. So it's, it's really good to see and, and hopefully it continues over, over the next couple of programs. So you were telling me before we came on, this program closes out 
the, this program that specifically closes out tomorrow, correct? Yeah, the, the applications for this program close midday UK time tomorrow, which is the 15th of November. Um, we're interviewing our top 30 um, applications in London next Thursday on the 21st of November. Um, and then we're expecting to have between 10 and 15 companies start the program um, in early January. So it's it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks and, and we're really, really excited to see what comes out the back of it. Great. And then the next round, I mean, obviously, you know, people are listening to this, this program will be closed when people you know, start to listen to this podcast, this, this program will be closed out. The next round will come around in what, six months, a year? Uh, so we're, how, how many, many times? We, we run two programs a year um, and the applications for program two, which starts in September and runs to December next year, the applications for that will open when the January um, program ends. So that will be sometime between April and May, 2020. So um, you'll be able to find all the information on the website, which is atrboeingaccelerator.com. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter um, at UK Aero Excel. Um, but yeah, we're, we'll run two programs a year, um, and that's generally um, spring and then late fall. Awesome. And people get a hold of you how? Uh, so I'm online um, on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, a few other places. Um, the easiest thing to do is generally find me on Twitter. Um, my handle is um, at FatKidOnFire, or one word. Um, long story behind that um, account name, but if you tweet me, I'll explain what it is. Um, and then, yeah, if you um, want to find out more about the program itself, um, hit the website and um, send us an email through the contact form, and I'm the one that picks that up, so I can um, send you an email and, and tell you more. Awesome. Well, Will, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on today. I know with the program closing out, you got a lot going on, and I uh, appreciate you coming on and talking about how innovation is occurring in yeah. our industry. I look forward to having you back in uh, February, March, and you can tell me about the companies you've, you've chosen and uh, what they're going to do for our industry. Yeah, I look, I look forward to being back, and um, thanks again for having me. It's been, been a great chat.